side Put your hands up, let's pop it Welcome to This Might Be A Podcast. I'm your host, Greg Simpson. Let's do a quick mailbag. Uh, first, uh, voicemail from Spencer. Of course. Check it. Hey, guys. It is your neighborhood Spencer calling yet again. Um, okay, Black Ops. Um, what do I have to say? This is a terribly sad and depressing song. Obviously very um, politically up-to-date um, with what's been going on over the last, you know, whatever, 5, 10, 15 years. Just in terms of the lyrics in general, um, what's nice about these is that they're um, poetic enough, but um, but I can still understand them. A lot of their stuff that's really um, metaphorical, I have a hard time. I really have to think to, to figure out what they're trying to say, but these are um, clear enough to me that I can actually understand what's going on. Um, but one line in particular I want to mention is little vials filled with knockout drops. And from what I understand with what, um, with what drones, uh, drop, they are not little vials and they are not filled with knockout drops. They are completely the opposite. So that was just a nice line to certain uh, to sort of lighten the mood a bit of what is um, really, really sad and depressing of, of kind of the state of the world that we live in. Anyway, on that note, talk to you later. Bye. Thanks, Spencer. As always, uh, if anyone else wants to leave us a Google voicemail, that would be awesome. You can call 224-801-2930. You can call and leave voicemails. You can also text, I guess, if you wanted. But, you know, if you want to send us something by text, email. This might be a pod at gmail.com. One quick update on uh, if you haven't subscribed to the Patreon, go to patreon.com slash this might be a podcast. Two bucks gets you these early episodes. You would have already heard this one already. We've been chatting at Patreon, too. You can leave comments and like stuff. It's like its own little social media dealie with its own cool player. You can download the stuff to your phone. You don't have to stream it uh, with the Patreon app. Uh, and then five bucks a month gets you the exclusives. So we have, uh, with Spencer there, we have the state songs uh, one through three, tracks one through three exclusive. We have the Marty Beller exclusive where he talks about uh, learning to play the drums his high school bands, we play an exclusive clip of his high school band boycott. We talk about his college days playing top 40 songs in Miami in the 80s. Talks about his band Meow and joining the Name uh, Be Giants. And we talked all the way up through the else. Uh, and then just on Monday, we released the Danny Weinkoff episode, which 
uh, talked about his early days as kind of stumbling into being a bass player, uh, not by design, <laughs> kind of the opposite story of Marty. Pretty interesting. Uh, and then we talk about uh, how he started writing children's songs from his very first kid song, which was Where Do They Make Balloons, off of uh, the Giants album No, uh, and uh, how he got inspiration and wrote stuff for those f- uh, few They Might Be Giants kid songs, and then how he went about starting the Red Pants Band. And that is very interesting. Now, uh, both Marty and Danny had wanted to be on regular weekly song episodes. However, we ran into a little snag. By their recommendation, Danny and Marty's recommendation, I decided to contact uh, the Giants management just to make sure everything was kosher with them. Uh, and Pete over there, their their head manager, I suppose is what you call him, uh, he informed me that he would like only the Johns, or the Johns would like to be the only ones to speak on uh, directly, specifically to They Might Be Giants Matters. So, I don't know, maybe I'll get him on sometime. Uh, he, <laughs> he said, we can't make that happen at this time. So, I don't know, after Australia. We'll see, fingers crossed. I don't want to jinx it. Uh, but as far as Marty and Danny goes, they were hoping to do, uh, Marty wanted to do Call You Mom, and Danny wanted to do One Everything. But I guess that's not cool. We're going to make the best of it, and I'm going to break my format and do a weekly song episode with Danny about a Red Pants Band song. So it's TMBG adjacent. And he would like to talk about his song, Pumpkins Are My Favorite Fruit. Uh, So we'll be doing an episode on that whenever we can get that scheduled, hopefully, uh, probably before he leaves for Australia. So that should be up in the not-too-distant future. And Marty, uh, I'm hoping he'll pick a song. He's done a lot of soundtrack work and some stuff for Scholastic, some uh, kids-type songs through Scholastic, and he has some solo percussion-based albums. So uh, I'm hoping to get him on for one of those. So just wanted to keep you all in the loop there, a little peek behind the curtain. Kind of cool to be talking to their management. So uh, we'll be getting some stuff happening soon with uh, more members of the band. I don't know. Dan Miller, maybe? to talk about some of his outside of TMBG stuff. Anywho, uh, let's get to the episode with my friend Scott about the I Like Fun track, the first one we've covered, By the Time You Get This. By the time you get this note, we'll no longer be alive. We'll have all gone up in smoke. There'll be no way to reply. You'll be wandering about the world that vanished long ago And the words that reach you now That were buried underground Greetings to everyone in Welcome to This Might Be a Podcast The Song by Song podcast about the greatest band of all time That's right, they might be giants I'm your host, Greg Simpson, and Scott, do I pronounce your last name? Is it curry? I've never actually heard your last name spoken. Yeah, just like the food. Like the delicious spice. Yeah, exactly. We had some Thai food last night. It was delicious. So we are going to talk about the song. By the time you get this off of the most recent, well, by the time this posts, I think my murdered remains will be out. But anyway. These guys can't stop. They can't stop. Off the album, I like fun. When the poisons of the earth are completely neutralized, when the hatred and the lies are forever put aside, when the voices of dissent and contradiction all abate, and the peaceful air 
where I'll play the song. Uh huh. So, um, like we hadn't already talked for five minutes, what? Uh, <laughs> how are you doing, man? Down there in Bloomington, my old stomping grounds. Yeah, not too bad. Um, actually, just played a show last night at the brand new pinball bar that we just got. Oh man. A yeah, yeah. It's bar. called the Orbit Room. Uh, it's right on the square. It's kind of like a basement bar. They huh. got like five or six pinball machines down there and a good what's uh, it underneath kind of a good space. Uh, it's just kind of like a basement. <laughs> Is it under something I would uh, know from um, when I was there five years ago? Uh, what was there five years ago? Um, kind of under Jail Waters. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's down underneath there. Really rad room. Good time. Nice. Yeah, we yeah. we have a pinball place here. It's not a, it's not a bar, but it is like you guys have that like pinball museum or whatever the heck it is, right? Where it's like a bunch of machines. Well, this Main Street Amusements. Um, That's what I'm thinking of. It is, yeah. It's the guy that runs it is definitely into the vintage stuff because there's a whole yeah. wall of stuff from. Oh, I mean, there's some really old ones that are. <laughs> Practically not even like electrical in any way. It's yeah. Like, like, look, look, I love pinball. It's my favorite thing to do when I go to like a new city. But like when you get those older machines, they're just not fun anymore. Like I, I need some <laughs> lights. I need like stuff moving around and talking to me. I played this yeah. old Star Trek one in Chicago that was like an old like 60s Star Trek one. Nice. And it looked cool. It was, yeah, it was really like neat looking but it could not have been more boring. It was just like <laughs> making points go up. Yeah. It's like yeah. some bumpers. Yeah, it was a real bummer. There's an Elton John one from oh the 70s <laughs> at this place. And it's like some stuff lights up, but it's pretty much just like those reactive like ping, those mm. things that like, yeah, yeah, you know, the little, totally. what do you call those? The little, I'm, is there a name for I'm going to go with bumpers. I'm going to go with bumpers but on I that, the but bumpers don't quote the things me. that you actually hit the ball with. Oh, man. Or I, need, I need a pinball expert. Hit. Yeah, you know they like pop out. We need the we need the this must be pinball podcast. Yeah, actually, my friend (laughs) does a podcast called Skillshot, which is a pinball podcast. Plug it. You should check that out, my friend Kayla. (laughs) I actually gave her some uh, podcasting tips from the production end. Ooh, Uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, Okay, so let's talk since this is the first episode that you are on. You're signed up for a mm-hmm. couple of other songs. Let's yep. talk about your history with the band. When uh, and how did you get into They Might Be Giants? Now, I have to assume that what I'm about to say is like what 90% of people <laughs> my age is going to say. I won't say <laughs> and, it and in, unless you You can already it. guess it. Yeah, I, I, when I, by the time we're recording this, uh, only the first episode of this has dropped, and it was immediately... The first thing the guy said, yes, of course, it was Tiny Toons. <laughs> um, <laughs> See, I need to get some people those. of different ages on Now, this. I looked, I was sitting here earlier doing some notes, and I looked up when that Tiny Toons aired, like and that was like 91. 91. It was 91. February of 91 uh, yeah. is when the, that episode aired, and I at that time, I was like taping obsessively <laughs> um, like everything that was on TV, at Simpsons and... and yeah, uh, Tiny Toons, Animaniacs, all that crap. <laughs> had the old VCR. And yeah, so I would I had my little tapes, my little VCR tapes, and I'd watch them, you know, on days that the cartoons weren't playing. So I ended up watching this one episode a whole million times, <laughs> and I just I just assumed that they might be giants was like a made up cartoon band. 
<laughs> that like they had made up. I had no idea it was a real band until I was like talking to my sister and she was like, oh yeah, minimum wage, man. I was <laughs> well, like, it does huh. sign it, it to a kid. It would kind of sound like uh, a fake band name because I think to yeah. kids it's like the somethings, like the yeah. Beatles, or just yeah. like bigger stuff like ACDC. That now that <laughs> sounds like a real band name. <laughs> yeah. So curious, yeah, I, I, I didn't realize I how much of a nerd I am. Did you see what I'm wearing here? Okay, I, I was I, going to I, I was going to wear my new They Might Be Giant shirt for this. Are you wearing two? Oh my god. <laughs> This is, I did beat. not plan this. I wore this to school today. My accordion, <laughs> they might be giant shirt, and it just says they. I was gonna wear my new. I got the one with the snowman um, burning the, the pile of money. Yeah. Um, but I wore it to the gig last night, and it's like disgusting and sweaty. And oh, I, sure. I was like, I'm not gonna put it on for a Skype call. That's yeah. that's a little much. I also have the <laughs> uh, Doctor Worm shirt with the Venn diagram. Have oh, you seen that dude. one? That one is really good. And he's not a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. you know what? I can't seem to find my foam finger. I have a, the name might be John's oh, wow. foam finger. Oh, wow. And at the last, <laughs> when I saw them last March, I got the license plate holder that says, my other car is They Might Be Giants. <laughs> <laughs> See, that? now that sounds like a real car name. <laughs> but, but yeah, no, I see, I was looking up the dates and that's where I started losing it because in 91 is when that aired. But then the first thing I remember buying was Factory Showroom when it was new. Uh-huh. And that's, that's 96. So somewhere in that five years, I just had no idea they were a real band. Hmm. And then, like, I, I think I was, like, at Walmart or something, and I saw Factory Showroom, and I was like, hey, I remember that. I really liked that. So then it was just, like, a complete, like, infatuation. I went from there. I got the early years box set, you know, that has... Then. um Yeah, then. I got that one. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then just from there, yeah. Totally. Nice. So I think with, with a lot of people, and this goes for not just They Might Be Giants, but... Uh, bands in general, people tend to really stick with the first thing they ever got into. Would you say mm-hmm. that uh, Factory Showroom remained one of your favorite like albums? Or not, uh, even, not even close? Yeah, not, not even, even close, close. Honestly, yeah. Okay. I was thinking about this earlier. Um, y- yeah, you'd think it would be, and I, there's a lot of nostalgia there, but like. I was trying to think of what my favorite album would be, and it's either John Henry or, like, if I'm allowed to pick Severe Tire Damage, I might pick that. Really? Uh, yeah, I think so. It's a I great love those live, live versions, man. It's a like, great live album. And Tack and Dr. Absolutely. Worm on the front of it, too. <laughs> exactly. It's got Dr. Worm. That live version of um, uh, Till My Head Falls Off is so good. Oh. Like, that's yeah. one I'm a really big fan of. And honestly, like, it's too soon to say, but one of these newer ones might be one of my favorites. Like, you know, I am very fond of both Join Us and uh, Nanobots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude. Yeah, that's what I was doing. I was looking through those newer ones, and I was just like, oh, I totally forgot about Nanobots, man. <laughs> that's yeah, a it's, great it's, one. it's nice to find a fan who's, who's kept up with them completely. Um, I had a big gap in the middle. I stopped right around No. Please tell uh, me that you for have whatever the else. reason because the else I do have the else yeah okay. it took but I I stopped right around no and then I didn't listen to him for a while I just had all my old albums that I listened to a bunch and yeah. I was like yeah I know they're putting new stuff out but I'm busy 
And then like, so you missed the maybe spine. Like, it was probably like 10 or 11 years ago. Uh, I was driving a cab and I needed new music and I was like, Oh, let's see what those guys have been up to. And yeah. so I went from like the spine all the way to at the time, I think was, God, I don't even know. I join us. I think came out when I was driving a cab, but, um, yeah, same kind of deal. I was like, Hey, they're still great. <laughs> They never yeah. stopped being great. What was I thinking? The else I love. I mean, like the Dust Brothers did a lot of production stuff on that. So there's a lot of cool like else. beats. Like I'm looking you know. up the else right now. I don't remember what's on there. What oh my on god, you else, dude! The Mesopotamians climbing the walls. The cat. Oh, climbing the walls is great. Oh, um, Shadow I Government. I like that one. Withered Hope is awesome. Ah, <laughs> oh, dude. That's really good stuff. The else is is a great album. Oh, Contra Coup. Probably pretty I love. underrated. Contra, Contra Coup. Coup. Oh, heck yeah. <laughs> About head injuries. <laughs> <laughs> That's one. <laughs> I th- <laughs> I think John Linnell is just obsessed with uh skulls. Well, I tell you what, we'll get into uh yeah. What I think about him uh <laughs> being obsessed with like accidents and car crashes uh when we do the next song. But yeah, skulls for sure, and that's one of the things I noticed right away listening to. Uh, by the time you get this, is a uh, hey a skull reference. It's like when I was in like eighth grade, uh, I talked my buddy into buying this skull at an antique shop, and we wrote they across the front because it was on the John nice. Henry. Was it? Is yeah. it a real skull? It was a plastic skull, but oh, you know okay. we were we had fun. <laughs> but yeah, I was like, hey, skull reference. Haven't served one of those in a while. Yeah. I think David Britton was calling John Henry. Did he say that in the episode? I can't remember. That I think did so. Did he say that John it's, Henry was his favorite? I think so. It's such a solid album. Just like from the first note, like when that accordion hits in like right away and then like when the guitar kicks in yeah. a, a little uh, while. Oh, man. Uh, just yeah. doesn't stop. I feel like that's, you know, and mostly I've talked to people who really, really like John Henry in Factory Showroom. Well, I'm... I, I kept thinking I would find fans who, and maybe I need to talk to an older fan, like John Hancock is a little older than this, because um, it seems like there were a lot of people that bucked against the full band era really? at first. I mean, to us, that's like we pretty much grew up, they were already a full <clears throat> band. Like, yeah, we heard yeah. them on Tiny Toons. Yeah. We heard them during the duo era. Um, but the first album I got into actually was Apollo 18, so I got in mm-hmm. just, just before the full band era, but... And I've I've loved every era of the band, but I mean mm-hmm. I think that's you know a lot of people were like, uh, you know, I could gonna... see that I could see that for sure, especially like you said in the first episode, even like rhythm section one ad like is kind of like a reaction against that because people probably were constantly saying like, hey, you guys are great, but uh, you know where's your band? Like where's the well, rest of them? Yeah, and hey, I mean you got Carpenter and Clerk, you guys played with Outdoor Valor. And Cara and I, yeah. we're we are now a five piece. We're our, we're in our full band era. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get the full uh, house. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we were a duo for so long with the with the backing tracks, and there is something to that being able to just like, hey, you want to practice? We've seen yeah, this you're episode traveling of Law, light. We've seen this episode yeah. of Law and Order several times. <laughs> Let's go yeah. down to the basement and practice. I definitely, or, I, I love yeah. being in a smaller band like that because you're traveling light. You're only beholden to the other person. Um, you only split the money two ways. Like, there's a million reasons <laughs> for that Car you and I do is that. going all for Car and I is just going to one bank account. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking. I was thinking about this earlier. Um, it's interesting that like my two favorite bands 
both started as duos with a drum machine when they met when they were very young and then slowly grew into full band rock and roll bands between they might be giants and ween like both Uh, of them were kind of the same like setup and the same like narrative structure i don't know what that says about me but (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah you know uh, and i don't know if it's just from growing up on they might be giants or just the way my voice is but people always tell me that my singing sounds like them actually i was playing dr worm in my classroom Mm -hmm. i had like a prep period and i I was Mm -hmm. i had some they might be giants on in my classroom and then my sixth grade band came in the door and one of my clarinetists one of my clarinet players was like is this you this sounds like you I'm like, ah. oh, thank you. <laughs> it's one of my songwriting heroes, so I'll, uh, I'll take yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I'll take that. Yeah, <laughs> is this? Yeah, I've definitely band? heard that. I've definitely heard that in, in the past. That that's not something that I haven't heard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we we've been you know compared, what? Alto Valor have been compared to them on multiple occasions. I mean, I think the duo thing did help people that you know people would see us with the backing tracks as a duo. And you know, one uh, thing that I can I can tie this into this song. Uh, that this song demonstrates something that I really like about They Might Be Giants and something that um, gives the singing that kind of style, I think, is breath control. Like, okay, if you, lis- if you listen to this song and listen to when he breathes, like, he takes these, <laughs> he, he takes so long to breathe that if you don't breathe when he does, like, you're never going to make it all the way to the end. Is, is I there... Think, like, uh, any, a specific example within the song that you could point out, uh, and I, I'll, I could like drop a little um, ten second clip probably, in here so they can hear what I want to say like about. the, I want to say like the second chorus off the top of my head. Just uh, can't be certain from the moment of this writing. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I think from that on, um, he has a big long uh, breath that he has to take. But like okay. just learning to sing with them um, over the years, I think taught me a lot about singing. It taught me a lot about like how to structure a song. Yeah, I mean, I I, I have a choir as well, and we've been we've got our our holiday shows are on Monday and Tuesday <laughs> at my two schools, and we do talk about breathing. Uh, there's a very important part where we need to plan out our breathing in the song North Pole, North mm-hmm. Pole. Oh, obviously, <laughs> the classic. <laughs> it's kind of like New York, New York. It's pretty. Oh my pretty god! Cool. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Nothing happening here. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. It's not a straight rip, but it's that kind of like classic, like big band kind of feel. Mm. And uh, at the end, and I can't believe I'm doing the same song at both schools I work at with both choirs, <laughs> and I got both of them to go for it. They're doing a kick line at the end of it. Oh wow! <laughs> and I got them to go for it. Even the boys, they're like, like they think it's so goofy and fun. Because <laughs> at the end, it's like, dun, 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 oh, knee, my God. kick. 
I hope that's the. I, I really hope that's the closer of the show. I mean, you don't want to get back on the <laughs> risers after that. It is the actually. Yeah, we were debating like, can we do this on the risers without falling off? We practiced <laughs> it today. It's it's the closer of the choirs section of the. It's show. like when, since when do we need a waiver for choir? Like, <laughs> you're gonna do a lot of stomping, kids. Some dangerous choir stunts. <laughs> yeah, this is this is my life. I I was learning guitar uh, solos for this rockin' version of Rudolph. <laughs> I saw that. I saw that. That's great, man. They pay me for this. But yeah, like that that chunk of this, like the whole bits of this song are like lessons in how to hold your breath correctly when you're singing. You're the first sure. person to talk about this kind of thing. I, I, I like that because I've had a couple, actually, yeah, I've had quite a few people that have been in bands uh, and we talk about musical elements for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're the first one to talk about uh, breathing technique, man. Props. Well, like, between between the way that he writes and the way that, like, like it's something I want to talk about more with uh, Can't Bring Johnny Down, but, like, his, like, I, I assume it's Linnell. I, I know it has yeah. to be, because I feel like you can tell a Linnell from a Flansburg Oh, I can. I like, I like yeah. to, yeah. I like to quiz Kara in the, in the car if we're driving around <laughs> and I'm playing them. I'm like, which John is this? And she's which like, which one is this? She's like, which one's the well, big one? <laughs> yeah, it like, depends on how silly is it. I think is is the key. Well, but what, Linnell, what I always what I always say is that they both have a reedy voice, uh-huh. but if if Linnell is an oboe, Flansburg is a clarinet. <laughs> I think that's fair. Yeah, I think that's fair. But like the way, like the way he structures the the like the sentences, because it'll be like full sentences mm-hmm. of lyrics, and like, um, I kind of lost my thought there. <laughs> About um, how it's like full sentences, and the way yeah. it's like structured, like you have to get the whole thing out in one big long phrase, or it isn't gonna like land. Sure, I think so. This I think this song is a really good example of that, where he has these like, especially those little choruses. Where it's just this one long thought that doesn't right. stop b- until it's completed at the end. And you're that's, probably that's too, you're probably too busy rejoicing in the present to stop and be reminded of the dark and troubled dark and past. troubled past. I love it. I lo- and this song does a good job of like, and I think a lot of their recent albums they've been doing a lot of uh, these kind of like playing with silence, uh, like like uh-huh. like. Yeah, like letting it stop and letting the voice hang over the end of the silence, or like just stopping the song. And then picking it back up after one beat, like not like a big crazy silence, but just playing with it. And uh, yeah, you know, one thing like Kara is going to be on the episode for the title track of "I Like Fun," mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. song, like that, that is really such a weird one. Yeah, and I like that. I mean, that's Flansburg in particular tries to keep the weird artiness in the band. Mm-hmm. I think, which that's, is why it yeah. makes him a good yin totally. and yang in this band. But that totally. song in particular, like playing with space, like it's such a sparse arrangement. Uh-huh. You know, it's got that. I mean, this. What is that you trip, think? So. Got to be a, an oboe, right? It's a right? contra alto clarinet. Contra alto clarinet. Of contra course. alto clarinet. Because that's like the biggest it. one, right? Linnell plays it live. It's. Uh, I mean, it almost looks like an oval because it goes out from the mouthpiece and it goes up. And yeah. Then down. It's got the big and then bell, back right? Up. What's that? Does it have like a bell on it? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. 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 Like, but yeah, I, I think I, I saw him playing that. Yeah. I think people march with those in marching band, like people who pay people who play bass clarinet. They would march with that because I mean it's it's kind of compact because it goes up huh. and then down. Yeah, yeah. Instead of just down. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, so that and then like the oh, like the, 
all that stuff. And it's it, just very and the, sparse. And the, just, yeah, just even just like the composition of that one is insane. Like, don't even try to ask me what goddamn time signature that is. I'm lost, like instantly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like that's one that Flansburg probably wrote like acapella, basically. Like without yeah, even right? really thinking of like what the chords would be underneath, totally. like you know, which I is never how I write. I never write words first because I hate <laughs> writing words. Maybe maybe it's just because I've I've been into so many good lyrical bands that like I'm like I just can't even compete. Why you know I right it. right. <laughs> <laughs> so playing with space, yeah yeah exactly. Like playing with like the silences like that and like having these hard stops and these hard starts like this song starts just with that drum fill kicking Mm -hmm. it in and it just it it does build it's not that the song doesn't build over the course of it but it starts pretty much at like 75 to 80 percent of where it's going to be so the only like rest you get over the course of this song that's really short it's not a long tune but the only rest you get are these weird little stops that are just kind of scattered throughout it Mm mm-hmm yeah, and I like the I like the keyboard lines in this song, like I've been working on learning uh piano on my own oh, yeah. and I've been trying to play this song, which I can do if I'm looking at it, but like just that run over that chorus bit, just even the, the chord progressions of They Might Be Giants in general <laughs> are insane. Like I'm trying to like take it to a band that doesn't already like them, and I, I know you've done this. But like trying to take it to people that don't already like the song and be like, hey, you want to learn this? It's 18 chords. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, like we, uh, I don't know if you heard Outdoor Valor's, uh the cover album we put out last June, but we did Dr. Worm. Mm. And that one, I mean, it's in a horrible key for guitar. It's in F sharp major. <laughs> oh, um, but, you know, you boo. put capo on it or whatever. And <laughs> I mean, I, I did accordion on it. Uh, mm-hmm. And a little bit of guitar at the end, pretty much just big power chords. But um, it has a key change in the middle and changes back. And I didn't oh, even realize it had a key change in it because it's so <laughs> seamless. Yeah, until I tried yeah. To that's... learn it, and I'm like, oh my god, okay, all right, it's horns. Because like... <laughs> we got saxophones. Yeah. We have two saxophones. Sorry, in dude. <laughs> yeah, like it's gonna change it's again. Like, yeah, like I don't know how they do that. I don't know how they can make it make their music so seamless and sound so like easy. And when you drill down into it, it's so goddamn complicated. We and talked like, about yeah, we talked about climbing the walls. Um, I don't know if that part's going to be in the episode or not. Before yeah. I even did the introduction <laughs> and climbing the walls off the else, uh, I was doing this little three piece. Uh, they might be giants thing at open mics, uh, and I would play synth on that one on climbing the walls, uh-huh. and it's yeah. just like, and probably intentionally, the chord progression just keeps climbing. Yeah. Oh. Oh my climbing, God. Right. It's, climbing. Yeah. The, it's just like the going keys, up the scale yeah. and then back down. Going up oh, the scale and then back down. But it's just like constantly moving. And I was singing while I was playing it, and it took <laughs> a lot of practice. Like I'd be at school, like on my at the end of my lunch or whatever, and like sit down at the piano and be like, "Gotta hash this out. We're playing at yeah. Professor Joe's Pizza tonight." <laughs> yeah. That reminds me. Like that's it's so interesting. I want. I wonder how intentional that is. Because it reminds it's me of that story be. about, um, what's his name, Richard James, um, Apex Twin, uh-huh. where he would, like, bury, like, a visual image of his face in, like, the <laughs> waveform 
So you'd only <laughs> see it if you opened the song in like Audacity or something and looked at the waveform. It would be like a digital image of his face in the audio. How do you even do that? I don't know. Wow. <laughs> Some mad software, but like that kind of meta thing of like having the chord progression climb up the keyboard as well as being lyrical, you know. God, God I love that great. song so much. <laughs> I wanted Such to talk a little bit about um, the video for this one. Did You said you saw that one sure. the other day? Yeah, I'm going to pop it up in front of me again real quick. Yeah. Just it, take a gander at the visuals here. Because um, they really have been, like, nailing a lot of these videos over the last, like, five or six years. Yeah, this one... Well, let me just ask you, did it remind you of uh, older They Might Be Giants video? A hundred percent reminded me of it, of Don't oh, Let's yeah? Start and uh, Anna Ng. There you go. That's one I was specifically. thinking of Yeah, specifically. Sitting um, at the desk, slamming on them. Yeah, because I, I, I watched that one, and then I immediately looked up. I was like, which one of it was it that they did that? Because even, like, Birdhouse has, like, that bizarre choreography <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah, they've, that's all over the like, place. Like, I don't know who is doing that choreography, but it's like it's like a broken robot, like, <laughs> kind of jerky movements that they're doing. I got an email from Patreon listener Marianne McTrow, who has already heard this episode, and she had some thoughts on... Um, what uh, this broken robot dance moves that Scott said. She said, you and Scott referenced the John's broken robot dance moves in Birdhouse and other videos, which always reminds me of a UK performance art duo, Gilbert and George. I'm thinking of a couple of pieces of theirs from the 60s and 70s. One is singing sculptures, where they do this sort of robotic quote-unquote dance as they sing along to a 1930s dance hall song. And the other is Bend It, which I don't think I can describe properly. You just have to watch it. Uh, And she says, there are a few different versions on YouTube, and they're all fantastic if you like this sort of thing, which might be a big if. So, sorry in advance. So, uh, Gilbert and George, uh, I guess maybe I'll have to tweet out uh, some links that she gave me, but which does have some crazy dance moves that uh, it would be interesting to know if the Johns have actually seen this this duo before so thanks for writing marianne and thanks for being a patreon subscriber back to the rest of the episode i'm convinced that no one is telling them to do that 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 is completely in out of their warped brains it kind of has to be if it's that old if you go back to their literally their first thing yeah like don't uh, let starts the first video and they're doing it in that I think I think put your hand inside the puppet head was actually the first one they filmed. Oh yeah, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, cool. Well, but I'd yeah, be curious to see that like, one too because I bet it has that same all, junk yeah. in it. <laughs> walking all herky jerky. I had that. I had that. Uh, the VHS tape when I was in high school of direct, all the videos direct from Brooklyn. Yes. Yes. Me too. Totally. I, st- I still haven't. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> uh, this up here. I, st- I still yeah, have a, like, a DVD VCR combo just in case I need to play any of that old classic <laughs> stuff. <laughs> this video is dark, which they're it's good at being dark. dark. But I was also it's happy to dark. see the Johns actually in it because a lot of their more recent videos. I mean, they've been cranking out videos for like half the songs on their albums. Totally, uh, totally. Lately. But there'll be a lot of like animated ones and stuff like that. So yeah, or like fan-made ones and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. 
So seeing the Johns actually in it, here it is. It is a pretty amazing video, and it's just very apocalyptic. It's very apocalyptic. Do you notice what they're actually stamping on the paper? Uh, no. I pause it on one, and it just this one says "up in smoke," and then one of the other ones just says "this note." Let me see. I was able to find one there. So what was it? Oh, man, I love Linnell's haircut in this video, too. Yeah. <laughs> He's got this, like, square 1920s haircut. Okay, this one says... What was the first one you said? Uh, Up in Smoke was the this, first one I found. This one says Long Ago at 23 uh, seconds. I think they're matching the lyrics, I think is what's happening. Long Ago. Because I remember hearing... A uh, interview with Linnell or something where he wrote, I don't remember if it was audio or, or writing, but he talked about how he didn't like videos where the singer is singing at, like, lip syncing the song. Uh-huh. And this one specifically, they are very much not. They are these stone-faced, <laughs> like, like archangels just living in this dying house. But, like, I went back and watched Don't Let's Start, and it's all... Like they surely had like a guy there going like, "All right, buddy, you gotta lip sync the song and you gotta act it I out." Mean, you know. I mean, they sing along in in a bit of Birdhouse. They sing along in Doctor Worm. I mean, yeah, I, I bet their newer ones they shy away from it a bit. I think it was the um, um, what's that newer video where they kind of just stand there? Um, well, there's the one with Nick Offerman standing there. The greatest. That one is really great. That one is really great. <sighs> Uh, same director as this one, I believe. I wouldn't be shocked. I would not be shocked. Let me see. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Uh, Brody, Brody yeah. Anderson. Or wait. Cinematography by Brody Anderson, directed by yeah. Alex. Alex Italics. Good, <laughs> good, good stage name. Alex Italics, who previously directed I Can Help the Next in Line, I Am Invisible, mm. and The Greatest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that the greatest one really changed how I thought about the song. Because when I first heard the song, the first couple times, I was like, yeah, it's fine. I'm not married to it or anything. But uh, right. then I watched the video, and I'm like, oh, this is uh, this is dark. This, this whole album is dark. <laughs> <laughs> there, they are just dark. Like, I'm, I, I'm personally kind of obsessed with the idea of... Uh, something I've been trying to work on for years is something along the lines of, like, folk music for after the apocalypse... Yeah. Like when, yeah, like when, when all the lights go out, when all we have is fire in the woods, like we're still going to need songs. So the idea okay. of like writing songs for that is something I've been trying to work on. And then here they put out, I like fun, which literally has like four <laughs> post-apocalyptic rock songs that rule. And I'm like, yep. Oh, okay guys. Good job. Got me. <laughs> <laughs> they beat you to it. Because I I was so close. I, I love this one. This is my favorite song on the album by far. But um, the only other one I probably w- might have picked would have been Push Back the Hands. Because mm, uh, I'm a one. big fan of that one as well, which ties oh, into yeah. Linnell's like, car crash fixation. <laughs> <laughs> you know that song Protagonist off of Join Us? Uh-huh. Or not not Protagonist. What's, what's the one where it's the two car crash, like the car crash where the two cars are going toward each other? And it's the two voices, one on the left, one on the right. Spoiler alert. Okay, yeah. Totally. 
It's the same exact thing. It's like this uh, this weird car crash in the future that each of the two singers don't realize is going to happen. So they eventually <laughs> get there. Yeah, and then there's, I mean, David and I talked about Into the Tour. I mean, it's got the line about, um, you were a, oh, what is it? A twisted Metal, I was a... Fl- oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Flaming, I, was, I, was I was Twisted Metal, you were a Flaming Wreck. Is that yeah, it yeah. Yep, he's obsessed with... What's going on? Destruction. What's going on, buddy? Really? Let's talk. Yeah. Let's talk, Linnell. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about it. <laughs> How many kids does John Linnell have at this point? I'd like to see what his kids are like. <laughs> I don't think Flansburg has any kids, does he? Uh, does he? I have no idea. I have no idea. I know. Wasn't he married to um, Goldwasser or whatever her name was? I'm not sure. Well, Rob, Robin, I mean, really, Robbie? the only reason I know... I mean, these guys... Their interviews are interesting, and they they never reveal too much personal stuff. But in the gigantic "A Tale of Two Johns," the documentary, mm-hmm. um, Linnell's kid or first kid was was pretty little. They actually have he's pushing pushing him along in a stroller at one point when they're when they're talking. Mm-hmm. Well, I know the I thought Flansburg was married to uh, that lady that did a lot of their vocals for a minute. Um, uh, that I hear a new world. I know she did that, and then when Flansburg did that like musical, uh, she was singing on a bunch of those on the uh, at the Agway and mm. um, whatever yeah. the heck else uh, the, the 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 gravel. Yeah, I'm gravel's sure coming that. with us when we go. They don't pop up in Us Weekly. <laughs> <laughs> Flansburg's not on the cover of uh, People magazine. Mm. Unfortunately, it would be a better magazine if he was. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. What else have I got written in my little notes here? What do you think about the line, uh, greetings to everyone from 1937? Oh, man. What do you, what, what like, do you take from that? It kind of makes puts me in mind of like this, uh, like, like the futurists or whatever, like like this crop of people that were in, like coming out of the Great Depression that had nothing but optimism for the world, where they were like, okay, we messed up. We messed up bad. But we're going to fix it. We're doing okay. We're building it back up. Prosperity will come. And we know you're going to be fine. And then and World know, War II happened. And then World War II happened, and then Nazis happened. So, like, like if you, <laughs> not necessarily in that order. But, like, yeah, it kind of puts me in the mind of, like, that, that, that kind of, like, futurist, uh, like, utopianism that was, like, big at the time that like the sense that like maybe we can fix it maybe it's fixable did you see like yeah continue well like and the idea of this song being kind of like a time capsule um to us in the future who can hear it and be like ah boy you you guys were so wrong you (laughs) had no idea what was coming you losers (laughs) wrong Wrong, Did you look yeah. at all at the interpretations on uh, the the wiki? Uh, no question mark. I, I kind I've tried it in the past, and I always just get mad. I'm always like, "You <laughs> morons! You don't know what you're talking about." I'm but right. The, and some I... of them make for good reading on this podcast. <laughs> there was one. Oh, I don't know yeah, if I even yeah. read it on Why Does the Sunshine episode. Uh, it was like. I've thought pretty hard about this, and I don't know about you guys, but I think the song is about the sun. (laughs) (laughs) 
Because <laughs> yeah, there's, there's some people on here that just get on to like fuck around too, which is funny. Because there's one interpretation. It's the second one down. It's titled There's Never an End. It's uh-huh. uh, this guy named Mr. Feet. Oh, boy. He says, I 1937 was the year Martin Niemuller was arrested in Nazi Germany, and it was the eve of World War II, which is the worst war humans have ever fought. <laughs> Even if you don't account for the horror of the Holocaust, okay? I mean, why wouldn't okay. you? What? <laughs> let's just like let's just put going. that aside. <laughs> yeah, the, the Holocaust. That's <laughs> that's not the important yeah, part. Boy. Uh, okay, dude. Um, but yeah, he talks about the uh, thing. They're saying what they're saying is the utopian ideal oh. of a future where humans solve all their problems is a danger. I nailed it. Humans are gonna human. Well, you and Mr. Feek, you you agree. It's with them yeah. be giants. I don't think you can ever say well, that you nailed the interpretation because yeah, they'll they'd probably like you'd go and see them and they'd get they'd be on stage right before they play the song and they'd say, uh, "Oh, by the time you get this, no, it's it's literally about this um, email I got this one time." Yeah, yeah, it's, you know, it's like, about this you know, microwave. Yeah, they, they just say yeah, like, and it, whether it's true or not, like there are so many cases I've found where. They'll say different things on different interviews mm. and yeah, aren't they kind shows. of like pretty explicitly like like don't try to read too deep into this, guys. Like it's just songs, <laughs> which which is why I like to take a lot of their lyrics just straight up when they're so absurd yeah. that mm-hmm. the metaphors would be reaching like to such a degree. Like you'll hear the I've got a fang episode next week. Oh, nice. Uh, well, at least as our recording of this. Um, nice. I've got a Fang episode, and my friend Steve and I just decided it's just a lot more fun to just take it literally. And there's it's just a about a guy with a Fang, giant Fang, and giant Fang, and his girlfriend's parents do not like him. <laughs> Her mom ends up dying. <laughs> I mean, again, you got to have the dark side, but <laughs> yeah, no, uh, like I, I, I really don't like to drill down too hard into these. It's fun. It's, you can, and that's what makes it fun. But yeah, I, I'm not about to like sit here and be like, okay, now the crane represents this. And the right. fact that they'll need one represents <laughs> this. And I'm like, okay, buddy. <laughs> Uh, I mean, but I for mean, sure, it's hard. It's hard to to see any date from the late '30s or early '40s and not think about World War II. Right, right. So I feel like there's got there's. I mean, there's got to be something to that. Um, yeah, and, and I think, and also in context with the rest of the album, and and like how a lot of these kind of songs do have that kind of like dying society feel to them. Uh-huh. Like like this fits in really well with that, uh, like musically with the whole album, but also like thematically um, to the extent that they wanted to make a thematic album. I think they did because it's kind of like between Last Wave and um, uh, the, the one I said before that I already forgot and this one and uh, when the uh, shit, the one that's called uh, When the Lights Come On or whatever mm-hmm. the heck. Yeah, like that's explicitly about like surviving a horrific ordeal, but maybe it's not so bad. Maybe maybe we'll be yeah. maybe we'll be you know, all right. I, I I'd, I'd have to do a little googling, but do you know? Uh, did the Nazis did they like fun? <laughs> did they like fun? <laughs> I, I mean, if they did, their idea with of fun was definitely different than the rest of us. <laughs> I don't want to type that into Google because I don't want to see what the auto fill in's going to be. <laughs> did the Nazis like fun? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> oh Jesus! 
Sorry. Uh, Let's see. So, <laughs> what, do, what do I got in my notes here? Skull reference, breath Butter control. Skulls, skulls, I do want to point skulls, out that like skulls. this song could have come out like on like the first album or you know after the full band or whatever. Like this song is like timeless. You know, it, it kind and, of just now when you said that it occurred to me like this and where your eyes don't go kind of seem mm-hmm. like musically like, like, and even lyrically kind of uh, of a piece. Yeah, totally. Sure. That that makes a lot of sense. Like it's this kind of and something I really like about them is their consistency. Like over the years, like it's really rare to find a band that I can enjoy that is going to be essentially the same band like so many years later and not feel stale. They're not like yes, they will have a show where they play all of Flood. Or, like, if I go see them live, they're for sure going to play Istanbul, and I'm going to like it. Mm-hmm. But they're also going to play these weird deep cuts and, like, do yeah. weird stuff. Like, I think the first time I saw them was here in Bloomington at uh, the Axis. You remember the Axis? <sighs> it was where Jake's is now. That might have been before. We moved to Bloomington in 2005, and even then, yeah. I didn't really get to know the rock scene for another year or two yeah. after that. Well, the Axis was really a bad club, but <laughs> they might be Giants played there, and I came down and saw them, and it was great. It was the Band of Dan's, so it was the Full yes. House, yeah. and they did, um, it was when they were doing the, uh, where they would tune into the local radio on stage, <laughs> yeah, and I then saw just them like, yeah. totally, so they were doing that where they'd parody whatever song came on, and uh, <laughs> they played Pet Name and turned out all the lights in the venue. They were like, we want you to hear it just like it's on the album. So they just turned out all the lights and we heard Pet Name in the Dark. It was incredible. Wow. <laughs> but like, yeah, they're, they're, they never stopped making up weird stuff to do, and which I really respect that, man. I think they're just trying to entertain themselves for the most totally. part. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Okay, you know, I'm scrolling through the lyrics again, and I, I got to get back to the Nazis, as Brad Pitt would say. <laughs> the God. Nazis. Uh, but but this verse in particular, when the poisons of the earth are completely neutralized, uh-huh. you know, atomic bomb, when the hatred and the lies are forever put aside, uh-huh. now they weren't forever put aside, but, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, at least temporarily, um, when the voices of dissent and contradiction all abate and the peaceful air is filled with a silent harmony, mm-hmm. pfft, I mean, maybe it's just uh, this uh, Mr. Uh, Feeks, whatever this guy put it into yeah. my brain. But, yeah, that's the thing. Like, if someone, like, gives you a good convincing little starting point, you can be like, oh, yeah, I can totally Yeah, see yeah, it that. all fits. No, like, if you look at, like, the next um, verse there, uh, we can't be certain at the moment of this writing, but surely in the future there'll be no barking dogs, the sound of crying babies will be thankfully forgotten. No more will the chattering classes make a noise. Like, that, like and it's something I want to touch on in other ones too, but they're some of the finest writers of unreliable narrators, like, working. So, like, you can listen to this song and be like, yeah, this person writing this song is really hopeful and having a good time, and then three-quarters of the way through, you're like, hey... Like, this person actually might not have my best interests at heart. (laughs) (laughs) And everyone's sterile. There will be no more babies ever born again. Like, if you watch the video, the first thing that happens in the video is very clearly some sort of missile or something (laughs) coming out of the sky. Like, this is definitely, like, 
something that isn't found by humans in after 1937. This is found by like aliens that landed. Like the, we're all gone. Our, right. our skulls are smiling still. <laughs> oh my god. I love this band so much. I know, right? I keep trying to find people to do songs that I don't particularly care for. Like I've already mm-hmm. recorded an episode of uh, on Rabid Child. <laughs> I I saw you're saying that like yeah, it's fine. It's just not it's not going to be my favorite tune. I'm not going to put it on my playlist. Right, but I'm not going to skip it when I listen to that yeah. album either. Yeah, if it's on, I'll be like, "Hey, hell yeah, Rabbit Child it stays at home." <laughs> Got it. Like the George of the Jungle drum machine in the middle. What a nightmare! I've never played to a drum machine. I can't imagine like that. I'm disciplined enough to do that. Like the discipline you have to have to record a complicated drum track and then just nail it live. Like, who? Well, I mean. I mean, Outdoor Valores, uh, our drum tracks almost exclusively were me playing the drums. Oh. <laughs> you know, the, the studio, the studio, they were the studio recordings, you know, and when we'd go into the studio, then they would also send us a mix of just the the track all the, with yeah, the all vocals, the tracks, yeah. guitar, and yeah. bass stripped away. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, I always record to a click. That's just me. Yeah. Um, mm. Wanting to be as uh, locked in pop music as possible, you work in a little <laughs> yep. different realm usually. But yep. Yep. So, but yeah, we're liking it as a five piece, being able to stretch out and extend endings and extend solos or whatever yeah. else. But one of the first yeah. things I learned uh, when you add a bunch of people to a band is you got to learn when not to play. Uh-huh. When, you're, when it's just the two of you, you're like, well, we both have to play the whole time or else there's no music <laughs> happening. And then you get like five people. You're like, I need to shut the hell up a little bit. I need to like listen. Yeah. <laughs> true, true, true. Yeah. Um, so I also usually like to find good live versions and good covers. And this one being that, at this time Ooh. of recording, it is less than a year old. Yeah, good um, luck. <laughs> I could not find a single cover. You know, I I think I didn't uh-huh. spend a whole lot of time looking for live versions of this. Mm. Um, let's take a look and uh, edit out my edit out my typing or not. <laughs> Doesn't the uh, the wiki here have a thing about like how many times they've played a song or something like that? Yep. Credits. Right, but that doesn't mean there's a good recording of it. Yeah, true. I mean, they have released a fair amount of live albums at this point, a lot of them free. I mean, Severe Tire (laughs) Damage was like a lit, legit album, but they released for free. They released uh, the first album live all the way through. They, on their, like right on the front of their website, there's a, from a tour of Australia, they did all of Flood, and you can download that. Um, so there's a lot of good stuff. Man, like I, I was, yeah, I, I, good luck, dude. (laughs) Yeah. I just put, you know, they have giants by the time you get this live and there's some three hour YouTube of something (laughs) of an entire concert. And I'm not going to sift through this unless it's got time, time codes. Let's see. Does it have time codes (laughs) in here? Of course it doesn't have time codes. I'm not going to go through nope. those three hours nope. here. That's just sloppy YouTube posting. Shame on whoever you are. Yep, yep. Fox Theater and wherever the, that put, was. Put I've, some... already cl- I've already closed the tab. Yeah, yeah. Don't give them a plug. Beep that out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to hear their filthy name. 
<laughs> They're dead to me. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I don't know. Are you googling furiously over there? But I I looked yeah, on. I mean, I I don't think it's gonna happen, dude. I looked on I, I YouTube. Think it's a little too Bandcamp. New. I looked on YouTube, Bandcamp, SoundCloud. <laughs> Nothing. I should have recorded one on the piano, and then you could have done that. <laughs> yeah. Could have set it up ahead of time. Yeah. Yeah, I've considered with it, this with a couple of the music, like one of the guys I did that little thing, my Giants open mic night thing with. He's yeah. the, he's the guy that did Rabbit Child and Alienation. We had performed Alienation, but we didn't have a video of it. But we do have videos of us playing James K. Polk, on which nice. I play I play the singing saw on the. You, I think I, I might have seen some of that, or I've seen you play the <laughs> saw for sure. Yeah. So. Um, well, I did in the, the Neutral Milk Hotel cover band. Yeah, that, that oh, did dude, too. that was great. Um, we did Particle Man. I played accordion on that one, of course. Uh-huh. We did uh-huh. Climbing the Walls. I don't think Climbing the Walls got on video, but definitely when I, t- I talk about... I'm, I'm shameless about plugging my own shit, so like... Oh, whenever, yeah, please. Whenever, uh, we t- <laughs> whenever I do an episode that has one of those songs we perform, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drop that audio in there. You know it. You what know, was your what what would you say um like your earliest um like playing they might be giants on a stage like what were your first picks like what were your like open mic starting out I'm going to play some they might be giants for these people blow their minds <laughs> and and um, so like can you remember what what was the pick Um well are you talking about the current open mics that I've been doing over the past couple of years I mean years, just when, or... when I just I'm saying when you're like younger when like when you were first uh huh. Starting out, young well, little guess, Greg out there on stage. <laughs> I guess the <laughs> first, because David Britton put on a They Might Be Giants tribute show at Rhinos. Mm-hmm. In were you there? I no, I don't. I don't think I was. When was it? You think? Uh, I want to say 2010, 2009. Oh wow! I had just been to know people, and. I had met him through like just trying to book at venues, and I found out about mm-hmm. rhinos and yeah, being a sober person, I I am completely cool with playing all ages yeah. venues, totally. Uh, even though no one else in Bloomington is, and <laughs> so he threw it there. I had like like uh, the delicious played. Oh, right on! Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Uh huh. And I played live drums along with Andy D. Mm-hmm. We did Birdhouse and we did See the Constellation, and oh, then dudes. I sat in Constellation. Uh huh. I sat in with uh, David Britton's band, The Sinkholes, and we did Doctor Worm till my head mm. falls off. Mm. The bells are ringing. And I remember you said that. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I can't I, imagine yeah, how live bells. Answer. That's incredible. Uh, when I first started doing open mics and I wanted to do They Might Be Giants, I would do, just, it was just me and an acoustic guitar. Yeah. And I would do um, Hope That I Get Old Before I Die. I have I done do, that one at an open mic yep, as well. I would, I would oh. do, like, it's so good. <laughs> I would do Shoehorn with Teeth. I would do Lie Still Little Bottle. I would do um, Nothing's Gonna Change My Clothes, which That's is good. great because you get to end in maniacal laughter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just cackle and play F. <laughs> you know what I would usually follow up? I'll tell you, I just brought the house down at these open mics. I'll tell you, I would follow uh, up. I would follow up. I uh, I hope that I'll get, I get old before I die with Daniel Johnston's funeral home. <laughs> mm, mm. Are you familiar with that one? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, but I like the I like the juxtaposition. 
<laughs> the, <laughs> the lyrics. Well, I'll sing it for you. It's basically yeah. like 30 seconds long, and he'd re- repeat it based on what version it was. But it would go, um, funeral home, funeral home, going to the funeral home. Got me a coffin, shiny and black. I'm going to the funeral, and I'm never coming back. And that's it. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. That's awesome. I, I just I just uh, totally pandered when I was an open mic, so I do my stuff, my life's still a little bottle that only I cared about, and then I do like uh, Happy Happy Joy Joy or the Perfect Strangers <laughs> theme song, or something like that. <laughs> really, really get the crowd on my side, you know. <laughs> I not too long ago performed the Laverne and Shirley theme song live. Mm, True nice. story. <laughs> now that's a podcast I want to hear. It's just all the TV theme songs. Yeah, you know, <laughs> there's going to be some episodes of this podcast that talk about theme songs. Oh, you're right, dude. <laughs> they did good. They went through a hard phase where they were just scoring everything on television. Yep. Like yep. Daily Show, Malcolm, obviously. What the hell else? I dropped one in that I didn't know about. I dropped one into the Alienation episode because we got off on this tangent. And I don't know if this would deserve its whole own episode, but they did the theme to... Amazing vacation homes on HG on the Travel Channel. Ooh, man, <laughs> I mean, hey, if they <laughs> if they show up with a check and they're like, "Hey, can you?" Yes, we can. <laughs> but they still always sound like they might be giants. I mean, typically their themes veer to more towards the power pop pop rock version of mm-hmm. "They Might Be Giants," but it's still mm-hmm. like you hear it and you're like, "Oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> big that. time, big time." Yeah. yeah, I think even Daily Show, like something was like like twinging in the back of my head like I, what, I know what that is what is that and then find out i'm like oh of course that's what was happening but they the, yeah they they did the version during the most popular iteration the john stewart version of the show but do you know yeah. who actually wrote that song oh no bob mold of of husker do huh i it's, know How it's crazy such is a that, simple right? like little thing it's like why even bring a ringer in <laughs> well, I think the original version, I think I looked it up at some point. Like, it's just more guitar bass, like, yeah. instead of on huh. the horns, like the They Might Be Giants version. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. I, know. Huh. <laughs> I know. How do you huh. get that gig? Not even, not even to just write the theme song, but be like, we need you to redo this theme song. <laughs> yeah. They yeah. Might Be Giants. Aha. Uh-huh. Of course. First, first thought. <laughs> Okay, oh, we're at about the hour mark, and we haven't even yeah. done any covers because we couldn't find any. So yeah, um, I, again, I don't think it's going to happen. You got to give it like another year at least until you get like a couple of ukulele covers or like a, uh, yeah. a yodel version. I don't know. <laughs> Update. I found a cover. Good friend of the show. At this point, now I hadn't met her when we recorded this. Good friend of the show, Carrie Hearn. Carrie has done a string quartet arrangement of By the Time You Get This. And uh, she has not been able to round up a string quartet to record it. But we have uh, her uh, on YouTube. She has put up the basically the MIDI file of it from her notation, uh, the playback on her notation software. Uh, and it is a pretty cool listen anyway. So let's check that out. By the time you get this arranged for string quartet by Carrie Hearn, uh, YouTube name K A T 
some friends that play stuff and that would be super cool to round up some people to, to make that uh for real you know i actually uh outdoor valor released a a cover there's this pop punk band from wisconsin called masked intruder they're pretty big now on like fat records um mm-hmm. i mean big for like you know a pop punk band yeah. and um <laughs> i was reviewing stuff for punk news i mean i still do on occasion but I had gotten the album early to review, which I did. Uh-huh. Nice. But then before it was out for public consumption, I was so addicted to this one song <laughs> called When I Get Out, which Seriously. is about getting out of jail, that we learned it and recorded it, and it came out like two days after the album did. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's what we needed. We needed some early They Might Be Giants reviewer to get infatuated with it and put out his own stuff. I mean, come on, people. Pick it up release a your bit. release your cover before yeah. the one comes out. Actually, you you wouldn't even came. You could claim that the American Giants covered you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, you might have a legal standing first. here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get a they cut stole of their, my intellectual property. Yeah, a cut of their billions that they surely have. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's wrap this shit right on. Up. Yeah, so. Totally. I'm going to make you score this song, like I make everyone score these songs. Oh, sure, yeah. Now, so one to ten, you can use decimals or fractions. Okay. I figure okay. they're very science-friendly guys, so if you want to give sure. it like a seven and one-third, feel free. And this uh, is over the entire canon. This is this is every <laughs> They Might Be Giants song in existence, and I'm that's, giving that this a rating. That seems to be the consensus, is that you're at least ranking it just against They Might Be Giants. Not yeah. like ranking it against like <laughs> Hey Jude or something. Yeah, it's know. not. Yeah, I'm not grading on that curve. Um, I'm gonna give this a hard like. I'm gonna go like eight and three quarters. Nice eight and three quarters. Yeah. So this one, this one really, really caught you. You became. I mean, the, the, you've only been listening to it for less than a year, so you yeah, really, it, it just it, it instantly grabbed me, and I never feel bad when it comes on. Every time it comes on, I'm like, "Fuck yeah!" and I start singing <laughs> at the top of my lungs, crank it in the car, <laughs> and I, I might still be in the honeymoon phase, but yeah, it's been a minute. Like the honeymoon yeah. phase should be over by now. I should be bored with it, but I'm not. So yeah, solid eight and three quarter. Nicely done. I, with the exception of maybe once, 
I always seem to end up scoring them lower than my guests, but not because, <laughs> I mean, obviously I love the band, I'm doing this thing, but we I look need cool. to think about scoring on every episode, yeah. <laughs> not just on a couple. Yeah, totally. Because God help you if we find out you've been inconsistent over all the... <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't give out too many tens. I just no, no, you can't. You really shouldn't give out any tens. Like, well, I already have given out one. Oh, really? Ah, Dr. Worm. You blew it. You blew it. Dr. Worm <laughs> is the gold standard. Okay. And Anna Ng many... will, will have already come out. That episode will have already come out before this one does. And that I gave a 9.9. Nice, nice. So it's on a scale from zero to Dr. Worm. Exactly. Basically, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I would and, very much and, like to hear, and I know, I think you've said that you really aren't going to be able to pick one that you dislike, but I'd be very interested to hear like the one reverse episode where it's like, bring, bring your most hated one. What, what's the one that you just like, just turn off every time it comes on? Are you asking me right now? I mean, if you have one off the top of your head, but I mean... I, I can't uh, think of a single They Might Be Giant song that I yeah? just turn off when I hear it. I mean, yeah? I would think the ones... I mean, I don't gravitate towards the kid ones, kids' albums all that much. Mm. Though, now that I have a, a baby, it gives me an excuse to play them, even though she has no idea what she's hearing or comprehending Hey, it's all point. soaking in. It's all but, soaking yeah, in. Yeah, exactly. But it just gives me an excuse to like... <laughs> I could play the most curse-filled things. You know, she's... Yeah, so young, it got, wouldn't matter. Yeah. But instead, I'm like, you know, this gives me an excuse to put no back on. And yeah, you've got a precious window before she starts right. being able to talk back the things she's hearing. <laughs> yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> I don't know. I'd, I'd have to think more about that if I was going to Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It, but... In the future, when you, when you start burning out on, on handing out tens left and right, then you can start thinking about those you know, zeros. I don't think this would even <laughs> count, but like the World's Address <laughs> remix that's on... Mm-hmm. You know, Ooh. the second disc mm-hmm. of then, it's like, mm-hmm. it's a remix. Like, the world's address, mm-hmm. I wouldn't skip. But that uh-huh. remix, I'm like, ah, okay, I get it. You know, I, skip. I'm, I'm kind, honestly kind of a fan of that. I'm kind of a fan <laughs> of the remix, uh, I'll tell you. <laughs> See, again, like I don't one. hate it, but when it's like a 38-track <laughs> CD. What about, man, was, what about the, uh, what about the uh, school children singing Particle Man? That's a winner, right? <laughs> I'm a music That one's teacher. always great. It. Yeah, that one's always great. That's what I'm saying. That that's a solid like eight, eight or nine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I should do a separate episode on that. Now that that'll probably be lumped in. But I do love my favorite thing about that live version is the kid. At one point, you hear a kid say, "Ow!" Oh my god, really? <laughs> like the kid next to him, like just like <laughs> just stepped on or something. Or stepped on or yeah, like my favorite part is the uh, the like extra lame um, like piano break. Like the like full on like my music teacher dum dang dong dong dang yeah but it has the little melody good stuff so anyway what the hell am I gonna rank this uh uh I'm gonna give it a score of again it's hard to compare it to Doctor Worm a twenty year old song and Anna Ng a thirty year old song um that I've loved for so long. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This definitely, I did become infatuated this song f- for sure, like you, mm-hmm, but it's mm-hmm. a young love, you know, it hasn't it fully yeah. blossomed yet. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to give it a 7.2. That's fair. That's fair. If if I w- if I ha- if you had happened to pick this song and we didn't record it for a year, maybe it would mm-hmm. be higher. Maybe. 7.2 is pretty good. Yeah, it's yeah. It's pretty good. 
Uh, so that'll do it for this episode of This Might Be a Podcast. Uh, I'm going to say all the things that I say every time. You can find us on Facebook. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at This Might Be a Pod. You can email us, This Might Be a Pod at Gmail. Uh, let's see, what else? Uh, so you can leave uh, leave me a voicemail, and I might play it on a future episode. The number is 224-801-2930. Tell me what you think. This Might Be a Podcast is engineered, mixed, mastered, produced by me. I do all of this stuff. We are hosted by punknews.org and are part of the Punk News Podcast Network. Please go listen to the OG Punk News Weekly Pod. It's a uh, roundtable focused on punk and rock and roll, but often discussing other genres uh, in that uh, podcast. It's just called the Punk News Podcast. And then my other podcast through the punk news network is called best midwestern it is all about midwestern music again with a focus on rock but we've been doing a state-by-state project and we just uh yesterday released our episode on south dakota we've already done episodes on north dakota missouri iowa uh indiana uh, michigan i think that's it so go listen to those. We talk about uh, the history of music in the States, talk about all kinds of genres, and then get up to modern music with a focus on underground, punk, rock, emo, indie, etc. So check those out. The Punk News Podcast, Best Western Podcast. Go check out punknews.org. We post articles about these very episodes, and you can chat with people on there as well. Yeah, Greg out. Drop the mic. <laughs> We'll have all gone up in smoke There'll be no way to reply And we confidently know You'll enjoy a better time When the evils that we faced Will at last